Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today, and I'm here with my guest. Why don't you introduce us to yourself and tell us what high demand religion or cult you left behind? Hi, so I'm Marissa. I am ex evangelical. A non denominational church was with, with very high Southern Baptist ideology. <laughs> Well, it's great to have you on today. And what made you want to leave that? It was the abuse I experienced as being part of the LGBT plus community. Being a, a trans woman, it was a there was a lot of abuse. I'm sorry to hear that. Are you okay to go into what kind of abuse you suffered? Or yes, I am. It all started when I was. 13. And my mother decided that I needed to go through conversion therapy to help my transness. Because, you know, by being trans, I was going to hell. This was back in the mid-80s, so they didn't know that it was transness. It's just that I was, I was gay, basically. And so I was subject to conversion therapy at the age of 13 and it is one of the most vile things you could put anyone through it was physically mentally and emotionally abusive corporal punishment sensory deprivation and humiliation were the main tactics that they used to basically try to break me and eventually they did, and I ended up spending my teen years and most of my 20s living as someone I was not. I'm sorry to hear that it was like that for you. So now, what role do you think purity culture played in your life in harming you? <laughs> purity culture. So... Part of my quote-unquote punishment in conversion therapy was that I was made to sit with the girls because I wasn't quote-unquote manly enough to be with the boys, and I also had to attend their Sunday school classes, where I heard the purity culture message that was preached to them, and I took a lot of that to heart, too. And looking back on it, the things that were said were just downright abusive or downright misogynistic. It's like, you know, basically your whole purity is based on your virginity. And that all the responsibility was put on the girls. There was no responsibility put on on the boys and men whatsoever. I think that did influence me when I first transitioned in the way I dress, I was dressed very, very conservatively growing up, kind of like, you know, you would when you go to church. And I think that that did affect me. And it, I think it affected me, especially when in high school, when the whole locker room talk they talk about, where that does exist. And I was too scared to speak up and say anything 
about the way they were talking about the girl because I thought that was the process. I thought that's the way it was supposed to be. I kind of wish I would have because it is it was disgusting some of the things that they were saying. And now when you went to conversion therapy, were you subject to like electric shock therapy? What all did you experience during that? No electric shock therapy, but a lot of uh, physical abuse, corporal punishment. If I act in a mannerism that they deem feminine, I was hit in the head with a Bible and a hardcover Bible, not a soft-covered Bible. Of course, paddling was some of the abuse that I went through. Uh, the like I said, the humiliation, you know, that they tried to humiliate me by making me sit with the girls, which again was another like real red flag. Thing now that I look back on it is, you know, they thought so little of girls that they use it as a, that they try to use it as a form of humiliation. You know, so there, and then the one that that really got me, the one that really broke me is one night after church, I got locked in a closet, a kind of like a storage closet. It wasn't small, but it wasn't big. And I don't know how long I was in there. I was in there several hours, but there was no lights. I could not see anything. I could hear Amazing Grace playing on a loop over and over again. And then the temperature in the room going, changing from real cold to real hot. And this went on for again, I don't know how long it was. But it really took a toll on my on my senses. And that was the thing that, that I decided if I was going to stop to, to the abuse, I needed to conform. And that's when I started living the life. And now, how long were you there for? I wasn't there long enough to get hungry seven or eight hours at the most. I don't know for sure, and I have never gotten an answer. And at this point, I really don't care. I just know it was long enough to to where I, I said, I, I just need to stop. That makes sense. And then this facility you were at, how long were you there for as well? It was about a year that I went through this. And it actually wasn't a facility. It was administered by the youth leader and his assistant. So, yeah, they they called it conversion therapy, but it was more, it's, if you call it what it is, it, it was physical and mental abuse, basically straight up and down. They would have me kneel for hours, praying to, you know, pray the gay way. And it wasn't 
kneeling where you had to be, where you could lean back on your heels. No, it was kneeling where you had to be up on your knees the whole time. And and if I felt bad or anything, I usually got hit. And this went on for a year, about two days a week. So that is very odd that they did that without having an actual facility. I watched the documentary Prairie Away on on Netflix. And yeah, a lot of them were sent to facilities. And I said, this was mid 80s. So I don't know (laughs) how, you know, how the rest of the world did it back then. But yeah, this, it was a small local church. So it wasn't like it was, well, it's a huge church now, but back then it wasn't the church that it is now. But it still was something that I don't wish on anyone. So now how was it trying to undo that damage? I'm still working through it with my therapist. After they broke me and I gave in, I started suppressing everything. You know, all my feelings, all my emotions, I just suppressed any everything. I was, I became very quiet. I became angry. And I mean, overall, I was not a nice person after that. And like I said, I just suppressed everything. Even when I left the church at 26, I was still in the mindset of suppress, 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 kind of, you know, the Elsa conceal don't feel is where I was in my mindset. And even when I transitioned at 30, I was still of the mindset, you know, suppress, suppress, suppress. It wasn't until 2020, COVID, where they sent us home from work to work at home. And so I had more free time to myself that I started actually processing everything. So it's been less than two years now. It's been about a year and a half since I've been seeing my therapist. And I'm still trying to process everything that happened. A lot of it I have blocked out. There's bits and pieces that I have not remembered. And that's probably the worst of the worst. And probably don't want to remember it. But it has been a big work in progress. Especially since when I first started therapy. It took me about six months before I trust before I trusted my therapist to actually open up to her. So all in all, we've been working on this for about a year. And now how long ago was it that you left? I was twenty six when I left the church, but I didn't I did not set boundaries with my family, which was a mistake on my part. The what made me leave the church was one day after service, the pastor, we had changed church at this time. We went to like a small, another small local church. And well, I had knew the, the, the pastor and his wife from our previous church as, so, as they were part of the children's ministry there. So... His wife was the only one I was able to confide in during my conversion therapy. She was the only one that would listen. 
and actually show sympathy and empathy towards me. So I kind of trusted them a lot. So one day he asked me if I would mind coming in a little early where we can have a talk, just you know, and he told me it was just going to be me and him. So I agreed, and the following Sunday I got there early, and it wasn't just me and him. It was me, him, and all the elders of the church. And they sent me in a, they were in a circle, and they sent me in the middle of the circle, and they start uh, trying to cast out the demon of transness out of me. And at that point, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it. And so I got up and walked down and never, and never went back. And so was that like 10 years ago, 20 years ago? <sighs> 22. Getting ready to be 49. So and in fact, I remember the exact date. Was the the last time that I stepped into a church that if it, that wasn't for a a funeral or or a wedding or a christening? Now, can you talk a little bit about the how it's been since you've left? It's there's been a lot of self hate, you know, beating myself up for. Feeling the way I felt for being my authentic self because that was so indoctrinated into me for all those years that what I was doing was wrong and it was evil and all that. And it has really been only the last probably year and a half that I finally started to deconstruct all that, that I'm finally starting to work through the trauma that. The conversion therapy, church, the religion caused me. And I think the one thing out of all of it that really, really hit me hard is when I asked my mother earlier this well, I guess last year, earlier last year, if she knew what they were doing. And she said, yes. And I made sure to go, you are you sure you knew exactly what they were doing? And she goes, yes, they gave me reports. I knew everything that was going on. And I go, and you didn't do anything to stop them. And she told me, well, I was trying to save yourself. And I would do it again if I could. That's one of the things that hit me the hardest about all that. And I think one of the things that I still haven't got over in this and it was just to know that my own mother knew the abuse I was going through and did nothing to stop it. That's just something I couldn't wrap my head around. So, like I said, it's been about a year and a half since I started deconstruction. And it's still a big work in progress, but I still have a lot. I'm having to go back and deconstruct, and it's a lot of it has not been easy. Like the whole conversion therapy 
has not been easy for me at all. Now, where she knew, do you talk to her since then or no? No, I do not. I'm not ready to talk to her again. Will I ever be ready? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I will or not. But right now, no, I, I can't talk to her right now, knowing what I know now. And that's totally understandable. So now, how has your life been better since you've left? It's been liberating. I guess it's kind of been an eye-opening how different the the world is, you know, than what I knew growing up. Growing up, and one thing that with evangelical churches is, you know, Republican is the party. The Republicans are the party of God. The Democrats are the part are the party of Satan. And so, yes, not only was I going dealing with all that, I was also a big supporter of the Republican Party growing up. And it's it's been like the last, you know, few years. Uh, it has opened my eyes to how much the Republican Party don't care about the people. How little they care. Not that the other party cares that much, but they're like, they're doing everything within their power to try to take away freedom. Whether it is abortion, uh, LGBT rights, it's just like, it was, I was blindly following what they tell us at church. You know, you support the Republican Party. And it hasn't been until recently that I realized, oh, wow, that's wrong. That's wrong, you know. And it's been eye-opening. It really has. And it's something that I'm glad that I've come to the realization of. But, yeah, mainly it's the eye-opening experience. The seeing things in a way that I never saw them before. That is an amazing insight. And now do you have three tips for people looking to leave? Three tips for people looking. First one thing is question everything. Don't follow anything blindly. I think that's the trap that most people get into is, you know, at a young age, they're indoctrinated and they don't question it. It's just, this is how it always is. And I know we've heard a lot about this, especially <laughs> on the negative side, but do your own research. You know, don't take everything at face value. You know, research it. Look it up. Because a lot of stuff you are, we are being told, or we're being told, most of it is not true. Most of it is not factual. And I guess that fits along with question everything. Trust your instincts. My instincts were telling me I needed to get out, but I did it because I thought that this was the right thing. So definitely trust your instincts. Instincts are telling you. They're probably telling you it for a reason. And the last thing is, I would make sure you have a good support group around you when you leave. I think that's one of the hardest things is having a good support group. Because when I left, I had no support at all. It was me against the world. 
So yeah, it would be question everything, trust your instinct, and have a good support group. Those are great tips. Is there anything else you'd like to add today? No, that's it. Unless you have any more questions, that's all I have. Nope, that's all my questions. Well, thank you for coming on and have a great day. All right, thank you. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.